Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann today, focusing on the Eastern Cape Department of Health, which is noted with concern acts of violence and intimidation, they say, by some members affiliated to the Nahawu Trade Union who are embarking on strike action this week. Is it unlawful? Is it unprotected? The head of Department of Health in the Eastern Cape, Dr. Rowling Wagner, joins us now. Thanks for your company, Doc. Is the strike protected or unprotected? Is it lawful or unlawful, as you understand? Good morning, Darren. Thank you very much for inviting me onto your program, and good morning to your listeners. The health is an essential service. We have been gazetted by the Essential Service Committee to be an essential service, and therefore we are not allowed to go on strike because we do not have a minimum service agreement in place with organized labor. So there may be other sectors in education, for example, there are sectoral determinations that teachers may, educators may not go on strike, but there are other categories that may, and that is negotiated. In our sector, there is no minimum service agreement that can protect them. And therefore, because we're an essential service, our, our, our position is that they should not be on strike. Now, given that we are an essential service, it means that there are implications for our workers who are currently on strike. Because it is dismissible. They will face no work, no pay. And and so also when you spoke about the levels of intimidation, we are concerned about the manner in which the strike is being conducted. So even if it were protected, the manner in which it is done is not acceptable. Strikes are supposed to be peaceful. By that it means that you should not be intimidating. You should not be blocking entrances, locking gates. You should not be gathering inside premises, going ward to ward, and pulling people outside. As much as, as workers want the right to strike, there are those who have the right to work. And we should not be intimidating other people to try and and get support for our cause. That That is just not correct. And so the current manner in which the strike is being conducted, it, it does not say to me that we're putting our communities and our patients first. Are the methods that they're using at the moment putting the lives of patients and the public at risk? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we can't have a facility. What I must say is I do want to appreciate those shop stewards who have attempted to try and have at least some balance. In other words, they want to push their objective as to why they're on strike. But at the same time, uh, is this phrase of skeleton staff. But you see, my concern is that when we are in essential service, is skeleton staff enough? So in other words, if they have hospital A that is open, and yes, they may have a theatre going, but is one theatre sufficient to meet the demand? Clearly not. There's a reason why we are in essential service. And, and here's the other thing. Health professionals are obviously central and, and need to be on duty. So doctors, nurses, uh, physios, etc. They're all essential to patient care. But the support staff are as important because if we don't have cleaners and the place is filthy, you're increasing the risk of infection. If we don't have staff, laundry staff, we don't have cleaners. And if we don't have people in the kitchens, we're not providing nutrition to our patients. And that is why the sector has taken a stance that every component is essential. Even our admin staff, they are responsible for drawing patient files. Um, I can go on every single component sure. contributes to the doctor and the nurse being able to do their provide care to our patients. So we've really used in a very serious life. Doctor, could we talk about negotiations between the unions and your department? I understand there are as many as five unions. Only Nahawu 
are calling their workers out on strike. How has that happened? Look, I can't speak on behalf of other unions, but unions would would take up a cause and and they would decide the manner in which they take it up. So unions have agreed at a national level around the conditions of services. They've accepted it because they probably understand the context in which we are operating at the moment. Government can't concede the demands if there is no money to be able to do so. Um, So we really do appreciate the other unions who have been sober in applying their minds to this, and they've also... They've recognised that we are an essential service and they've recognised that we cannot withhold services because this impacts on patient care and patient outcomes. In fact, it, it's been really unfortunate and they've been concerned because their members are being directly intimidated by the how employees do on strike. And that's not right. They really have the right. I, I must be honest, I, I'm loath to use the word, but it is rather reactionary to demand the right to strike on the one hand, and then you infringe on the rights of other people who want to work. This is a democracy. People have the right to choose what their options are. And one would have a bit more respect for a protest action if it's done in a manner that does not infringe on the rights of our patients and our our staff, and also does not damage our property. Doctor, so acts of intimidation and violence that may or may not be there certainly create a climate where the constitutional rights of the patients themselves to life and access to healthcare are endangered, correct? It is put at risk. And I must commend our managers and our other staff who've really stepped up and stepped in to try and mitigate that risk to our patients in the community. So we've worked really hard across the province to make sure that key services are available. This would be our EMS, our accident and emergency units, our theatres, ICUs. We've also had other categories of staff stepping up and our managers have actually been in kitchens to make sure that we provide food to patients. We have managers and staff who are cleaning, doing portering duties. So the rest of, of the non-Nihau people who are at work and who've been allowed to come in and work have really stepped up in order to mitigate this risk. Do you have any plans to engage with the Nahawu leadership after the court case or court ruling comes out on Friday? So there are two things. The appeal that Nahawu lodged, that appeal is being heard tomorrow in court. And so DPSA will be in court and and will oppose um, and will ask that the orders, the judgment, Kandikik judgment stands. While those legal processes are happening, we are meeting Nahawu this morning at 9 o'clock. And the intention is, is to to discuss the, the manner in which the strike is being conducted and to put an end to the manner in which it's being conducted. We will also utilize the opportunity to remind them, as we've done in our formal written communications, of the implications for their members for conducting a strike when we are an essential service. And Doctor, finally, can you assure members of the public who need medical assistance during the next little while that everything will still be A-OK at hospitals and clinics throughout the province? Darren, to be honest, everything is not A-OK, and I could never make a a promise like that when we see the levels of intimidation happening. What I can say is that we're doing everything we can to deal with that situation. So today we are being heard in court, and in court we've been bringing in an application that will ensure we protect our facilities, our patients, and our staff. And that will also enable that you know, in a better position to take action where these incidents are happening. We also have statements and video clippings of incidences which are downright criminal behaviour. 
we can engage staff and they will investigate these cases as much as we will follow DC processes. So we will do the best we can to find the middle ground and ensure that we, we improve the current levels of service. We do have clinics that are still opening, uh, still functional. We do have many hospitals that are still functioning with the staff who've been able to come on duty. And our clinical services have worked day and night, ensuring that we have contingency measures in place to ensure that we're able to get medication out to patients, that we're able to operate for emergencies, provide ICU care, provide casualty and trauma, and transport patients. There are incidents where crowds are going into certain facilities, they're blocking gates, preventing the free flow of patients and staff, and in those instances, we have staff on standby, they are immediately deployed and are assisting us the way so that our patients and our staff can access services. So we will do the best we can to ensure that patients can access service under these circumstances. Best of luck with your negotiations on that front and thanks for joining us today on Behind the Herald Headlines. Dr. Rolene Wagner, Head of Department for the Eastern Cape Health Department. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks, Darren. Bye-bye. Behind the Herald Headlines today, taking a look at the Eastern Cape Department of Health. Problems with one of the five unions, Nahau, has resulted in some nursing staff and medical staff coming out on strike. Regional Secretary for Nahau, Samkela Msila, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Darren, and and, uh, I greet your audience. Strike action by your union. What is going on, and is it an illegal strike, unprotected? Uh, from where we are seated, Darren, this is a protected strike um, on the basis that we we are aware that TBSA did uh, make an application for an interdict and it was granted. However, from the side of the union, what we have done is to appeal that particular interdict. So um, the interdict is not effective immediately up until such time that on Friday we they will go back to court for that particular appeal and our statements are then here heard um, from our legal representatives. So until that happens, is it your understanding that the MEC for Health and the local health department regard this to be an unprotected and unlawful strike? Yeah, it will depend in terms of how they interpret the law or what their uh, legal experts are advising them. But uh, the norm and what we understand is the fact that a strike cannot be illegal until such time that an interdict is granted and it is therefore effectively immediately. So once you start to appeal in any court of law, we know that that particular sentencing, even if you are arrested, is not uh, effective immediately until such time that you, you are heard. And therefore, we're dealing with labor-related issues here um, where all of us understands that a verdict will be at some point uh, where everyone else uh, understands uh, of the direction that should be taken. So at this particular stage, we are clear um, we, we are in a protected strike from where we are seated. There are five unions. You're the only one who's come out with strike action. Why have you broken ranks with the others? We have not broken ranks. All of us are disgruntled in terms of what the current government is treating us as unions. Uh, and we are of the view and we are feeling the support of other unions uh, that are supporting us. Uh, and all of those particular unions whom are not in agreement with what government has given the workers are in support of the action. So now at this particular stage, 
is appreciating that particular support that is coming from all angles and therefore is enjoying the fact that um, uh, other unions have, have, have made sure that their members are participating fully into the action. Samkelo, as I understand it, on the ground at the moment, it's only Nahawu members who are out on strike. How do they react at ground level when they see members of other unions possibly turning up for work? There's no chance of intimidation or something like that, surely. We will never dare on intimidate anybody in relation to the public service strike. But uh, I think workers do understand that uh, the economic conditions are affecting us all, as well as the issues pertaining to what we are actually receiving as an increment uh, that affects our, our wages. And therefore, uh, when you see workers in their uniform, understands that uh, even though that they have not been given a line of march from their various unions, but they have taken a conscious decision, understanding that what frustrations they have been faced with and have joined then the strikes. So no intimidations. Everyone is joining the the, the strike action willingly, uh, and therefore uh, we are very happy from the side of Nehau to see that. Workers are uniting for one common purpose. Can you tell us shortly what exactly it is that Nahawu needs and wants for its members? Uh, first of all, I must indicate that for the year 2022-2023 financial year, we have demanded a 10% wage increase and therefore government left us from the negotiating table and unitarily implemented the three percent so we're still saying from the side of Nehau that is not our position workers have never sent us to go and negotiate for a three percent and the arrogance that has been shown by the employer means that we must utilize every particular muscle and resource that we have in order to ensure that our demands are heard and are actually met. Uh, we are saying to government, they must come into the table in terms of negotiations and stop being arrogant and listen in terms of what we are saying. We are still of the view that this country and this particular government does have money to pay um, a living wages to the public service. For example, one of the other things that we are looking at is an increase in terms of the housing allowance, which is currently standing at 1.5. We are saying to the government, we need a 2.5 increase. The understanding at the very same time is that your SARS, which is getting the same money from the same government purse, which is the National Treasury, is having a, a, a housing allowance that is equal to, to 3,200. So we're saying that we are working for the same government and therefore we should be treated equally. So we are not asking for that 3,200 yet, but we are going to go there at some, at some point. Uh, but we're still saying for now, they must give us a 2.5. We're further saying that the 3% that was given to us is not negotiable. We will never accept a 3% as a wage increment, understanding the inflation and all the other economic situations that we find ourselves in. We are saying to the current government, because of the cabinet that sits in parliament and do nothing and get fed salaries at the very same time, it should be the same because we are not sitting down as public servants we are doing the work. We are further saying that the austerity measures 
where employees would have then exited a, a particular post and that post it will be demolished from the from the establishment of, of that particular institution and is never filled. It leaves the rest of the staff having to fend for that particular person's work at the very same time. So we're saying the government must do away with that. We are further saying that the issues pertaining to, to, to bursaries for children of the public servants must be considered on the basis that if they apply for NSFAS, NSFAS declines them, and when they go in terms of saying how the banks are going to assist them, you see that the interest rates are going to kill our workers. So we're saying at the very same time, government must make up a scheme that is going to ensure that public servants' children will be beneficiaries. We are further saying when it comes to issues of housing at the very same time, our people are unable to own houses. They are unable to access RTP houses at the very same time. And we are saying, therefore, if that is the case, that 2,500 is sufficient for, 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 for public servants as part of an increase for them to ensure that they put something on top of that 2.5 in order to able to buy houses at the very same time. So those are part of the demands that we are raising up, Jaron, with the current government. And we are still of the view that government does have money. If some of them in government are able to hide money under mattresses, under, under couches, <laughs> it means, therefore, that government does have money. So we need to be clear on these particular issues. If there is no particular plan to recuperate monies that have mis been misappropriated in terms of ESCOM and government is willingly bailing out ESCOM at the very same time, it means that there is money. But what we are asking is that we should not be victims of the current situation on the basis that the current government neglects the needs of the, of the people. Remember, we're coming from the same communities that are given 350 rands, uh, which one would ask, what are you going to be buying with a 350 rands of the youth that is very much unemployed? There is no creation of employment to ensure that the youth of South Africa have access at the very same time to work and to send work at the very same time. So those are the part of the package that we are bringing in terms of the table and we are saying at the very same time, our members must have access to that housing allowance which the government is saying that they are putting it on investment because at the very same time we are saying if you put a, a, a money of a worker on investment, that worker, when he or she resigns, must have access into that money. But the current agreement that government has is that if you resign, you are not going to get that money. But we're saying it's part of the fringe benefits that must go back to then to the members who were working for government at the very same time. So we're saying we need to understand what did the government do with the money of the people that have decided to resign from government? Where is it going? How is it then handled in terms of ensuring that the, the recipients of those particular fringe benefits are receiving what is theirs? So so that's a brief from my side, Jonathan Darren, when it comes to the issues of, of, of these particular demands that we're putting on the table. I follow. I follow. It's a rather lengthy brief that you've given us. What sort of action happens during the course of this strike, whether it's protected, unprotected, lawful or unlawful. Tell me what actions uh, the strikers will be undertaking, because obviously people are concerned that members of the public who need essential health services will be at risk. 
Uh, not at all, not at all, um, Jaron. Remember that uh, from the union side, the very same uh, community members that go and be attended by public servants, our brothers and sisters, so we're of the view from the side of Nehao that they should receive uh, the quality health care that they still deserve. Uh, we are still of the view that there is no particular violent protest that is going to be taking place. Uh, our members, we are encouraging them at all times that they must be disciplined. We are continuing to encourage them that in the action and demonstrations that they are doing, we must also show that we care for the people of this country and therefore there is no vandalism to any property of government at the very same time. So uh, that's where we stand, especially uh, uh, when it comes to communities. We would actually like a support where people of our communities will pledge solidarity with us in terms of this particular public uh, service strike. Uh, that's, that's, that's where I'm coming from, uh, Derek. So it's protest action, but nothing that's going to put the lives of fellow workers or patients at risk. Not at all. Thank you very much, Sam Kello. We hope this gets sorted out. We look forward to hearing the court's decision on your interdict on Friday. And uh, thanks for joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines. Regional Secretary for Nahawu, Sam Kello Msila. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Darren. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.